Welcome to Mock Footage. I really like movies. I do too, but I haven't seen too many. And that's why we're going to watch a bunch together. We'll make sure to keep it swear-free for Grandma. Definitely, and we will be talking about major plot details, so consider this your spoiler warning. Oh, I wonder what we're going to watch this week. This is the song that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. This is Some the theme song to Recess. started singing it, not knowing what it was, and now continued singing it forever just because this is the song that never ends. Yes, it this goes on and on, This is the theme song to Recess, on, still. My friends. Do you know the song? It never ends. It's still it's going. The, it's the theme song to Friends. Friends, that's us. We're friends. Hey, Ray. Um, uh, my name... Should I do another opening, or should we just roll Absolutely with this? Absolutely not. Okay, we're going to roll with this one. My name is Joseph Lengua, and this week, Ray and I will be watching a little movie called The Never-Ending Story. My name is Ray Geroso, and I never stopped watching the movie because it's still running in my brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where, where are you at right now in the movie? <laughs> I meant I I rewound uh, for for all of you youngsters. That means taking the VHS tape and manually pulling back the thing with a pencil because you didn't have a VHS rewinder when you what were younger. What is a VHS tape? It's a video hunts demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what does VHS stand for? Uh, vi- video vi- hyperspace. Vi- vehicular Han slaughter. Vicky, uh, um. Uh, it's violent Han Solo. Very happy shoot a film time. Yeah, very. It's a very happy shoot a film time video disc tape. Not not a it's disc. Tape. It's pre disc. Do, do children know what tape is? I no, they don't. <laughs> to, okay. to answer your question, no. The never. I'm at the very beginning of Never Ending Story. I rewound it. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this movie is about a fantasy where they have to keep doing quests forever. Okay. They they Just, who? Who needs to do quests? Hank forever? and Chris are, are are two brothers. They're seven and nine respectively. Okay. They um they read a story by their grandfather um about the never ending story. Uh they don't finish it because they both fall asleep and when they wake up they're in the never ending story. Oh. So it's an uh, isekai. It's an <laughs> <laughs> If you ever want to make me laugh like that, just tell me something is an isekai when it's not. It's very good. Yes, it's an isekai. And for those of you who don't know, go listen to my podcast, Deck of Friendship. It's about anime and an isekai anime. We're wrapping up Log Horizon. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hank and Chris are pulled into the world of the never-ending story. We never get the name of the world. It's just called This World by mm-hmm. everybody. Oh, I love that. Like, capital T, capital W. Yeah, this world. yeah. Like, and that's the name. Okay. Um, And, like, obviously their main goal is to get back home Uh, because they want to... For their first reason is because they want to know how the story ends. And as the movie progresses and they knew, do more, like absolutely wild fantasy quests and meet more characters muppet characters by the way okay um they realize oh if we just keep doing this we'll get to the end of the story and Mm -hmm. we don't have to go back and the movie ends with them finishing a big quest 
and then them and then them realizing they have to keep going and it's just it's I just turned this into a horror film, didn't yeah, I? It's just constant escalation. Yeah, it just keeps happening. It's not going to stop. They have yeah. to keep questing. I Oh god, it sounds it's like, like I need Well, a... I mean, it's like I mean, in a in a kind of a, a grim turn here from this kind of fun plot that you've set up. It's just kind of uh-huh. like the nature of life. Uh, yeah, that, like mm-hmm. you 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 can want something for a very to to paraphrase Bojack Horseman here. You can want something for a really really long time and never never manage to get it or you can get it and then you don't want anything anymore so you have mm-hmm. to find something new to want yeah um and, and so it's like this this quest is like that's oh, a small quest and then oh they've they've powered up now they can do a bigger quest oh they've powered up now they can do the biggest quest and then mm-hmm. they they do it and then it's like oh now we have to do a bigger quest right like they beat the black knight and then they realize they have to save the whole country mm-hmm. and then and then they save the country, and now they have to save the continent, and it just keeps going. And then up they have to save up. this world. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's not like it's not framed as dire and sad, but that's just like it's it's not gonna stop. Is the right. sense you're gonna get? Right. And so, do they at the end do they decide or have the opportunity to go back home, or do they just kind of like make peace with the fact that they are now heroes of this world? Yeah, they make peace with the fact that they're heroes of this world and they fly off on their dragon friend to the next adventure. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about the dragon friend? Big Poppy. Big Poppy. I love it when you call me Big Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Poppy is a dragon. Um, one, of, one of the last of his kind. Uh, big, big dragon it's puppet. It's a common theme in your plots recently. <laughs> last of their kind. <laughs> when did I do that? Uh, you did it for Coco and Up. We never watched Coco. No, 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 no. Coco was the name of the bird character you had in Up. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I've got the edge on you. I just edited that episode recently. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that was like a month ago for me. <laughs> oh, I guess. Can I fix that? Can I change that story? point yeah uh big poppy is the last of his kind on the continent and his journey is to find the rest of the dragons i see, I see. Um, okay. because they migrated but he got so the dragon is also in a way trying to get back home yes okay yes um so how does like kermit and miss piggy fit in so they're not here, but oh, there are other... Oh, you said Muppets, so I just... I did say Muppets, didn't I? I meant Puppets by... I don't know his Jim name. Jim Henson. Jim Henson. I'll help you out. I know you know it. It's just not yes. coming to you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Jim Henson Puppets. They're not Miss Piggy. They're not Kermit. They're not Rolf. They're not Fozzie Bear. You oh, know, they're not okay. the big hitters. They're OCs. Don't you mean OPs? <laughs> they're original puppets. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell me like that the dragon is probably a puppet? Who else yeah. who else do we have here? Uh we got Barb, who is a Viking puppet who helps them out in on one quest. That's awesome. She's just like a, a traveling adventurer who who they just kind of team up with in the okay. early parts of the story. Um she does come back at the end to join them, but like she kinda has her own thing. It's in the spin off okay. ending story. Or like all of the creatures in this world made of puppet or is barb just like one of a puppet people so it's a mix okay it's a mix barb just happens to be one of the puppet people okay um like zach wait did you Uh, say barb is a barbarian 
I said oh, no, Viking. You said, you said she's a Viking, but that's good. That's good. <laughs> yes. Um, there's Zach, who is a wizard. He's he's just a human man okay. uh, who, like, sells them potions. That's it. Okay. Like, they just run into a bunch of characters who... But, like, they're not significant interactions. They're very fleeting. But they're... It's, it's just... For the high fantasy setting, it's very slice of life un- until you get to, like, the end of the quest and they have to either, like, do a dungeons or, or fight a, a big bad. Okay. That's about it. And we get this in, like, an hour so, and 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. So it is... Is there a greater plot? Like, like no. I'm bringing this, this movie to you as something yeah. not necessarily that I love, but as something that, like, is known and appreciated by some greater section of the of our culture why would that be is it like an aesthetic thing is it a just a nostalgia thing like what made this movie important when it came out uh well part of it is definitely the nostalgia factor but the use of so many puppets you know like that's always a thing people are going to gravitate towards yeah right yeah lots of jim henson jim henson puppets are great we love it right but also like the story is endearing in a way that everybody can relate to. Okay. Um, on some level, and it's just two two kids just trying to to see the to to. It's just two kids trying to see something through to the end. Right. And it's not ending. Right. And everyone's like, "Ooh, I feel that." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if you know the song, so I'm just gonna hit you with this. Never ending story. And then you would say. I'm sorry, I thought you were doing Happy Dinosaur from Jurassic Park. I do not. um, I wouldn't rather not sing the song because it's violin vulgar. Oh, no, I just sang it, right? Oh, I mean the rest of it. Okay. Okay, so it gets really nasty after that. It's, it's just about killing after. Okay, all right. Um, did, was there was there a particular like a baddie or villain that stuck that stuck in your memory at all? The whale. The whale. Yes, the land whale with the big spear. The land whale. So how does it locomote? Is my first question. Train. So it's okay. So I said locomo, and you were like, literally, it's on a train. Yes. Is it's the train big... on tracks, or does it kind of freewheel? No, it does what it wants. That's like awesome. there's a big whale on a train with a spear, just just going around the countryside. Okay, just terrorizing people. Is it? Yeah. Is it a puppet? Yes, it is. It's a very big whale puppet. That's awesome. It's because like the blowhole, like does the steam thing, but it's okay. a whale. Yeah. Do they end up, like, inside the whale at any point? Because that's usually a thing in kids' movies, right? No, they kill it. Oh, okay. Okay. How, how does that happen? What do they do? You know the scene in Looney Tunes? It's Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Mm-hmm. And Wile E. Coyote paints a fake wall, and Roadrunner is supposed to run into the wall and get hurt, yeah. but instead runs into the fake tunnel because yeah. it's wacky cartoons. They do, they they make the whale run into a big rock wall. Okay, and then it dies. And then it dies, but the kids walk through the tunnel and it's fine. Weird is okay. So that kind of sets up the logic. So it is like storybook logic too, right? Like yes. Just, okay. 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 It's very whimsy. 
Very interesting. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like it might be a nice, relaxing thing to watch for us on this Sunday evening. Um, are you ready to, to get into it, Ray? I, yeah. Is there anything else that is, like, burning that you need to talk about? I want to know what you thought about the Flame Queen. The Flame Queen, uh, pretty sure, well, I mean, interesting. Interesting thing you've done here, because... Like, I want to play along, but I'm almost certain, as the as the reasonable moderator of this conversation, that the Flame Queen is not part of this movie. However, I could be mistaken, and if I am misremembering uh, the Flame Queen is in this movie and not some other thing, she's really awesome. And I and I loved her whole, her whole vibe, and, like, I love how at first she seemed like a villain, like she was framed as a villain, and then when the kids actually met her... She was like pleased to see them, and like, uh, like she's a flame queen, so she was baking and she baked some cookies, and then she helped them like cut down some villain. I can't remember which. It wasn't the big whale. It was something else. It was the black knight. It was the oh right, right. She helped them with the black knight. Um, and oh, and I really liked how when she like like when they fought the black knight, she was like mortally injured, and it looked like she was dying, and then she did die. But then she just like reignited back at the flame palace because that's how she works. She doesn't have to. She can just die out in the world and then come back from the from the big flame in the flame palace. Yeah. Yeah. When I was watching it, that wasn't really clear to me that she came back to life. But that makes a lot of sense. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I could clear that up. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite line from this movie? <laughs> It's by the Flame Queen um, uh-huh. when she's dying, actually, and she she holds the the two boys, holds their cheeks, and just looks at them and says, "Don't burn out," and then she goes out. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that was a. It's very. It's one of the most touching parts of the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Burn out uh, on what Flame Queen? Huh? Burnout Revenge. Let's play a video game. Anyway, do you want to play? Eat some popcorn. <laughs> So, Ray, um, I know that we are still watching The NeverEnding Story because it doesn't ever end, but uh, let's just take a little break here, I guess, and eat a bite of sandwich and uh, tell us, check in, and how, how are we feeling? Can I have green apple, please? Yeah, yeah. Now that we're celebrating, you can have a bite of the apple. Cool, 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 cool. Sorry, it's really hard to hear you from Falcor's back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a lot of wind up there. Yeah, hopefully the my audio sounds fine. <laughs> uh it I don't know. It was cool sometimes. It was a children's movie. It was cool sometimes. It was more of a children's movie than most of the children's movies we've watched, I think. Yeah, it really did not take it it really did not feel the need to explain itself at all. Nope. Um, Which I I am remiss about, but that's 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 a story for later. That's a story for another day. And also, some of the editing was pretty questionable. There were some really strange jump cuts. Um, but outside of that, let, well, let's 
Let's let me get a quick plot summary real quick. Let me see if let me see if I can dome one. You tell me how to get how it is and if it's good. If it's bad, I'll look one up. Okay. So there's a kid. His name is Bastion, Sebastian, presumably. And uh, his, we find out in the first scene that his mom recently passed away. And that he's struggling at school and he's struggling keeping grips on reality because he kind of keeps hiding away into fantasy worlds. And then uh, we find out also that he's getting bullied. And then he meets an old book man who gives him an old book. And the book has an Ouroboros on the front. And then he starts reading the book. And uh, b- basically it's this huge fantasy land. And there's a big oppressive force coming to destroy it all called the nothing and then in the book atreyu uh is a child warrior who goes out to fight the nothing uh and there's lots of adventures and lots of fantasy stuff that happens um and then at the end of the book the world's uh fantasia is destroyed basically but uh-huh. uh is saved by bastion the kid who's reading the book uh for believing in in the fantasy world and 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 having dreams and hopes um he's able to restore it and continue to create more dreams and hopes Mm -hmm. and that's that's it that's the plot of fantasia or um (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) sorry we're covering fantasia 2000 today (laughs) (laughs) um no that was good um it felt like there were some parts of the movie that I was more interested in what was going on than the actual plot that we were given. Yeah. Uh, the Namely, two, three specific parts, but two n- closer to, like, past the halfway point uh-huh. is um, learning that the Rockbiters' friends from the start of the movie all got ate by the nothing. Yeah. And the Rockbiter was, like... It's such a tone shift. The rock biter just said, I'll just hit sit here and let it take me too. Yes. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to recite the line because it hits so hard. The rock biter talks for like a couple of minutes and he starts and ends his little speech with the same line, which is, they look like good, strong hands, don't they? And then he talks about how he couldn't hold on to his friends and they slipped away into the nothing. Uh huh, and I did cry. Yeah, actually, I yeah. was like, "This is sad. This is really sad. This is very deep. This is very sad." And that is the thing that I think is interesting for me about this movie is that, like, a lot of the, a lot of the trials that Atreyu goes through, boil down to him like believing himself and having courage in his heart and being the protagonist essentially. And uh-huh. like not giving up, like that's his that's his virtue is that he doesn't give up, um, and that's kind of annoying because it just hand waves away like any clever solutions or whatever. He just needs to be pure of heart or whatever. Um, but he then needs to be the protagonist. But whatever. then at the end of the story, when it turns out that the real problem is people giving up and like succumbing to like depression and the daily grind and letting go of their hopes and dreams, like. It kind of makes <sighs> sense that all of the gates in the book were about not giving up and that, like it being that simple. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we kept making jokes about how the true villain of the movie was depression and apathy mm-hmm. and capitalism and burnout. And guess what? It's all true. <laughs> yeah, it's all Oops. true. <laughs> Oopsies. 
that's actually what was destroying the world of Fantasia is yeah. human people. Okay, so this leads into the second thing in this movie that I thought was really interesting, and it and it is explored at the end of the movie is the the the, the, the what was it, what was it called the Gamork? Yeah, talking about how Fantasia is a land made out of human beings people's hopes and dreams and fantasies and it's mm. dying because people stopped believing and hoping and he's helping it happen because he works for the nothing and people who give up on their hopes and dreams are easy to control uh-huh that uh-huh. was really good yeah i wanted to watch that movie <laughs> yeah like i like like for the first two-thirds of the movie we were kind of like joking through it and like oh my gosh this is kind of silly cool aesthetically but this is a silly movie and then like as soon as it got to the rock biter and the gamork and all that stuff we were kind of like i was invested on the edge of our seats a little bit yeah it 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 shifted to this is a story to this is a story about you and people yeah experiencing life and Mm -hmm. hopelessness and it hit hard for for a you know a, a children's movie about fantasy and and hope and love mm-hmm. and giving it your all, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I think there was one other really cool moment that like there was there were like little hints throughout the movie that that Bastion the the little boy was connected to the world of Fantasia and mm-hmm. connected to the story, and so like at the end of the movie one of the characters, the Empress of Fantasia, reveals to Atreyu and to the boy that, like, he's been with us the whole time, you know? Like, and, and it's, like, this very, like, out-of-body experience, this, like, whoa moment for Bastion. And then, like, 30 seconds later, the Empress continues to talk about us, the viewers of the movie, <laughs> watching Bastion. And then Bastion and the Empress are looking directly into the camera at uh-huh. you, the viewer. And it's like, whoa! <laughs> wow. I, I don't, okay, I don't know if this was happening the whole movie, but during those shots, it was in widescreen. Yeah. Which made me feel like I was in a theater. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that in a theater would have been wild. Uh huh. A lot of this it's movie done. in a theater would have been wild because the aesthetics, like the. The bat, the painting backgrounds, and the like everything. It feels like every rock album art from the eighties and nineties was one hundred percent like as inspired by this movie. It the whole tone and the art and the aesthetic of the movie is top notch. It's phenomenal. Love like the, it's like a very neutral tone throughout the movie in terms of like color aesthetic yeah which is very nice yeah but also there's just the wild scenes of the clouds and the the, the ivory tower yeah and like that crumbling ruins at the end uh-huh. and they're all really cool uh also puppets puppets yeah want to tell me about falcor he's a luck dragon he's a luck dragon don't worry also, about it everything will work out if as long as long as you got a luck dragon, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> he, good dog, a very so good dog. So good, like it is remarkable how well that that puppet holds up. Like it's very expressive, and the big glassy eyes, like it's so it's cute and it's 
like trustworthy. <laughs> I, it's there was a shot when we first met this dog, and the screen was was looking at the dog, and his eyes winded, widened, and I immediately said, "You're so beautiful." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he is. Uh-huh. Uh And the thing is, is that I know we know he's a puppet, right? But like, if I was a child growing up and I saw this movie, I'm like, that is real and cool. And oh my God, I want one. Yeah. And I still do. Low key. Yeah. Can I have a Falcor, please? One Falcor, please. For 500. What did you think of the little, little troll couple? Gnome couple. Um, I got big princess bride vibes yeah. from them. I said that during the movie. And yeah. why did why does every ch- children's movie from the eighties have a, a couple who loves each other very much and is old and disgruntled and acts like they don't like each other? Yeah. <laughs> they love each other to death and they're always bickering. <laughs> it's so good. I love them. Um, <sighs> I also loved about them that they were tiny. They were like a foot tall, maybe. <laughs> yeah. but we didn't know that until like halfway through their introductory scene because of how the camera was framed. Like it was, it was weird. I was like, "Why isn't Atreyu going into the cave?" And then we find uh-huh. out it's because he's giant in comparison to their cave. <laughs> it was very good. And then the lady hands him like a cup, and it's a thimble in his hand. Yeah, and it's very yeah. Cute. It's like this big bucket that she brings over to him, and that's when we're like, "Oh, it's tiny for him. It's like a shot glass at best." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <sighs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not. There's not a lot, right? It, it somehow, surprisingly, I don't know if you've ever heard mock footage the podcast. But a lot of things lined up to my plot. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. the beginning. You mentioned the land whale. Uh, and there was a very similar character. There was the giant turtle Morla, who Morla. was just like the most like cynical, jaded person you've ever met. She was like it's not every like every time Atreyu asked her a question, she was like, "Not that it matters, but yeah." <laughs> I just had a terrible thought. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, if if Neverending Story was made today, Aubrey Plaza would voice that. Oh, 100. percent I love that. I love that casting. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 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 Um, oh. And then uh, what else did she say? She, he was like, Atreyu was like, if you don't help me, then nothing will come and you'll die. Don't you care about that? And she was like, well, at least dying would be something. I know. <laughs> like, and I'm like, wow. oh, what's and this that's, movie rated? Yeah. And that's that's the mood of most of the people that Atreyu runs into. Which is not like something super prevalent until the very end. Mm-hmm. And that, and then it all makes sense that everybody's just sad and hopeless and yeah. giving up, because people are sad and hopeless and giving up, yeah. and that makes me very sad yeah. actually. But I mean, there is hope, and I think, like, so there's a symbol on the front of the book, which is also the same as the Auron, which is the the seal from the Empress that Atreyu takes with him on his journey, and I think very cleverly it is in the shape of an Ouroboros. So mm-hmm. it is. Called the never-ending story, and a, th- a big theme of the movie is that like this is going to keep happening. Like people are going to keep getting beaten down and forgetting their dreams and hopes. But I mean, a lot of it you could read into it and say it's like about children. But I think in a bigger way, it's just about like remind yourself to 
to keep your dreams alive and to allow yourself to let your feet off the ground every once in a while and just dream up worlds because it's worthwhile. Don't let Fantasia die. Like, don't like it's, there's so many beautiful things in there. Yeah, I know, right? Sorry, like, I just did a I don't motion. feel super strongly about the movie, but the, the theming is really good. The themes of this movie are great. I did just make wild motions of pure empath- empathy at Jill's, yeah. and you can't see that, but I'm just emotionally a mess because the theming of this movie hits very hard for me. Yeah, like, uh, well, I, I think we're at the point. I want to ask you, do you think that this movie is worth watching? It's a, a tricky way. It is a tricky question. I don't want to like leave you out here on alone. But I want to hear what you think. I first. mean halfway through the movie, I was thinking, no. Yeah. It's not. It's very it's it's geared towards children, which is fine. But also like it's not like well put together mm-hmm. for at some parts in terms of production, like we talked about. But then, like, the last third of the movie happens, and it, it, it makes sense, and it's important. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't... The the theming for me is is is, is just tipping it over a yes, yeah. which I am surprised at, at that answer. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, I'm in yes. the same boat. Like, I think I kind of needed to watch this movie right now, honestly. And I think uh-huh. that's where I'm going to put it. It's like, if you're feeling kind of glum... This is a really good comfort movie, especially if you can watch it with some friends. Um, I, but yeah. I, I even think it would be a nice thing to to treat yourself to and watch on your own. Like it's 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 very much a just like let it take you along for the ride and be comfortable. And I have a oh what? sorry, I mean that that's I've... that's where it's at for me. It's like it's it's not a phenomenal movie, um, but I do think it's worth watching. I have a, and I don't think I've ever talked to you about this, Joe, because this is a very, like, Ray and personal thing that I do for me that I don't talk to a lot of people about. So now our entire our audience is going to know yeah. as well. <laughs> I have a rotation of movies that I watch when I'm very sad and, like, mm-hmm. have gone through, like, a big, like, emotional distress moment. And, and that rotation includes The Princess Diaries and The Princess Bride. Oh, Nice. I am adding this movie to that list. Okay, wow. Yeah, I, I feel... I feel Which like I... It... I'm, only for the themes of this yeah. movie. Like, I will not be paying attention for a lot of it yeah. until the end. But ex- it, the, the, the tone of that is exactly what I need and fits what I get from, from Princess Diaries and Princess Bride mm-hmm. and a couple other movies. So, it is a good... Is a good. What did you say? <laughs> this movie is a long ad for Lexapro. <laughs> I did say this movie is a long ad for Lexapro. You can quote me on that. I did say that with my mouth. I said, um, "Oh wow, Joe, this movie is just a long advertisement for Lexapro, huh?" <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Take us Don't out. add us. Um. You can find us on Twitter at MockFootage, and you can send emails to us at mockfootage at gmail.com. Um, you can let us know what you thought of the never-ending story or what your favorite shot in it is, because um, there are lots of good ones to choose from. Um, and I wanted to thank you so much, Ray, very much for watching this movie with me. I had a riot.
Uh, Joe, I'd like to thank you for having hope. Uh, I'd also <laughs> like to thank Chongo for our art, our, our, our ear art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to thank Chongo for our ear art, uh, Hat of Serenity off of his uh, album Hat Shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Ross Jerson for our normal eye art for that wonderful, wonderful, uh, uh, what's it called? The um, podcast. Pod, pod, no, the, art, the, the what's that? Pod, podcast art. There's yeah. a name for that. Thumbnail. No. Thumb, yeah. Something. Something. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Um, Ray, what was your favorite line from this movie? Um, Bastion yelling out his mom's name. Oh, just the inaudible yelling, which I think was a really good scene. Yeah. Was a very good scene. No, I mean, there's not a lot of memorable lines from this movie except for the rock biter mm-hmm. monologue and i'm not gonna quote them they look thing. like big strong hands don't they or maybe it'll be fine if you have a luck dragon on your side wink, wink. <laughs> the amount of times that dragon winked oh 